Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here. I have the honor of having Mr. Trip Morris here. How are you doing, my brother? Doing well, doing well. Happy to be here. So I have had the pleasure of watching this young man grow up uh, in front of my eyes. I knew him when he was uh, up to a knee cap, as they say there in Texas. Um, But uh, why don't you tell the audience what you currently do, and then we'll get into your story and kind of go from there. Yeah, so uh, I'm a college golfer. I just transferred to the University of Houston uh, to finish my college career. Uh, I'm a sophomore here, and I was uh, last at Long Beach State for my freshman year of college golf. And ultimately, when did you pick up a golf club? Oh, man. I mean, my parents had me playing golf whenever I was out of the womb. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. because your your parents, um, my, my, my uh, aunt... <coughs> Uh, are big golfers. So, you know, you had the luxury of uh, being, you know, what do they say? Um, you know, 10,000 hours. I yeah. think you probably put in north of 40,000 hours at this point. Don't you think so? Yeah, I play I play a good bit of golf. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I wanted to bring you on is because the podcast is called Construct Your Life. And, you know, we haven't had a lot of uh, athletes on here, especially in the younger generation, but a lot of the guys that listen to my podcast or younger and they're looking for that competitive advantage advantage and i've watched your instagram and I, I see you quote some stuff and you know i would imagine you know your your dad being a high-powered attorney um that he has a way that he does business and just kind of that competitive uh mindset that's that's been you know uh cultivated over the years and you know golf is an interesting thing uh because you're out there by yourself and so it's a lot different than a team sport. And then plus, uh, you know, <laughs> you could mess up on hole two and you still have, you know, another 16 holes to play. So I would imagine that over time you've kind of cultivated a mindset around your strategy uh, to go out and uh, and dominate, you know, a day in and day out, right? Yeah. I mean, from, from a young age, my dad's always told me nothing's going to be handed to you, especially uh, whenever you're playing a sport like golf. Uh, it's probably the most um humbling game you can play uh you can go out and you know you birdie the first hole and you get to the second hole and you somehow hit it out of bounds and you make a double and you're sitting right there and you you know you're you're feeling it so um just just knowing that you have to play like you said those next 16 holes you kind of got to have the mindset to say hey we're not going to quit out here we're not going to be um you know somewhat of a sore loser i mean each hole is like another game. You know, you play each hole as if it's a new – you play each shot as a new shot. You're not going to play – you don't play a whole round as a whole round. You play it as each shot as a separate shot, and you worry about shot at hand. And so just kind of being able to um, put your focus into each and every shot on its own and not bring anything from the last shot, the last hole, the last nine holes, whatever it is, into that shot and just be able to focus on one thing at a time is really the, really the key. This is why I wanted to have this conversation because that can be quantifiable in life too, 
because ultimately when people are trying to change around their life or they're trying to get healthy or they're trying to do all these things, you know, we worry so much, you know, the big saying is how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So ultimately, you know, each day, whether or not you follow through on what you needed to do, you have to show up to the next day as if it's a brand new day. And, and I would imagine there's a lot of times where your golf game or, you know, they had this thing in, in life where flow state, I would imagine sometimes your golf game doesn't feel like it's in flow. You know, what are the techniques? What are the tricks that you have done to try to slide it back in that state where you're feeling comfortable? Yeah. My coach Rick Sessinghouse and I, um, we've worked a lot and we've actually talked a lot about flow state and, um, through golf, there's, I mean, there's such a fine line between flow state being in flow and being out of flow. And so, um, you know, whenever, whenever you feel like you're out of flow or whenever I do, at least I kind of just take a minute to myself and I breathe. Um, we have some breathing techniques that we kind of revert back to and just try to focus a little bit more on, uh, the, the shot at hand or task at hand and, um, just kind of, just quiet my mind. Um, you know, there's one thing that a uh, sports psychologist told me once, you know, it, it sounds cliche, but go to your, go to your happy place. Um, mm-hmm. you, gotta, you gotta have those, you gotta have those little triggers that'll kind of pump you back into the moment. Um, you know, for golf, whenever I'm walking down the fairway, I, I, I personally don't even try to think about golf while I'm walking down the fairway. I try mm-hmm. to make my mind, my mind wonder, you know, Hey, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? Hey, what's going on next week? Uh, you know, I was in a tournament two weeks ago. I'm like, man, wonder what I'm going to get for Christmas. You know, just trying to take myself out of the moment. So that then whenever I get into that moment, I jump right back into flow because therefore it's just a flowing thought instead of constantly sitting there thinking over the shot, thinking over, oh my gosh, what if I do this? What if I do that? What if I do this? Thinking about all the negatives that could happen. So um, almost just distracting myself is the way that I, that it works for me. <laughs> Dude, this is so funny. So I coach people for a living and I had one of my clients put a quarter in his right pocket for the week and, and not wear a hat. Cause he always wears a hat and everybody's like, why the hell would you do that? Well, I got that from the movie 10 cup <laughs> because I wanted him to think about that quarter instead of getting out of his own head. And I think too many in times, you know, uh, the mind is like a filing cabinet. And when you, when you fill it up with too much stuff, it takes away bandwidth and you almost psych yourself out of it. Yeah. Yep. I mean, especially for me, at least I've had, you know, there, there's rounds that I can look back at and say, man, I was really in flow at that point. Um, I mean, there, there was one round I, sh- I shot the course record at my home course in California. And, um, you know, I was, I was playing well through the day. And I get to like the last, I get to the last three holes. Um, I think seven under going into my last three holes. Yeah. So I'm seven under. And so I, I know the course records at 10 under. And so I'm like, man, I'm not even thinking about anything. So I hole out for Eagle on 16 and then I have two holes left. No, I have to birdie them. I'm, I'm just not even thinking it just, you know, it, whenever you're in that flow state, it just happens. You know, it, it doesn't take much thought and, especially for me, knowing that I'm in that flow state, I'm not going to sit there and take much, um, take much more thought on it. I know that my body is in that flow state. I know it's going to react how it's supposed to. And I know that, you know, if I put way too much thought into this and I get in my own way, I can, tr- I can trick myself right out of the flow state. And so, yeah, I mean, it just, it helps to be able to um, stay out of your own way in a sense. 
Yeah, because <clears throat> Jesse Itzler, who's a billionaire, he owns the Atlanta Hawks. He started Marquee Jets. He talks. He's an ultra marathon runner, and he talks about like the day of the race. Like, I've already ran the race. Like, so it's ultimately like putting on clothes and just making it happen. So, you know, in golf, you know, when you watch um, professional guys, you know, I've caddied for a little bit, so I caddied for a couple of professional guys at the Byron Nelson. And, you know, they're visualizing. So how much visualizing of the course or just like your game in general, how much does that play a part in, in your warm-up? Oh, it definitely does. I mean, so, I mean, with technology these days, it's just ridiculous how much you can do. Um, I, I use this shot tracer um, uh, application online, and then I'll do that together with my track man. And I'll play a whole golf course, you know, a week before a tournament. And I'll play that over and over and over again. So therefore, whenever I get to that, you know, whenever I get to the driving range 45 minutes before my uh, tournament round, I'm sitting there and I say, hey, number one, I'm hitting driver six iron. Number two, I'm hitting driver pitching wedge. You know, I know exactly what's going to be happening on that course. Um, as a golfer, I don't like anything. I don't like blindsidedness. So I like to know what's going on. Uh, so I construct my practice around what each course is going to call for. So I'll do exactly what i need to do to play that course that week and then i'll switch it up completely the next week for the next course so it's just um it's being able to adapt and also just knowing how to practice for that specific course i love that because ultimately that's preparation right and you're setting yourself up for you know in a separate conversation is that a lot of people when they're when they're trying to do better for themselves or in business or anything you know, they self-sabotage a lot because they haven't set themselves up for success. They haven't, like, here's the deal. If you want to start waking up at 5 a.m. and you want to start working out, well, then, like, lay your clothes out ahead of time. Like, don't be hunting for them in the drawer. And, I, you know, I would imagine, like, when you're walking to a course and you have a tournament, right, which I know you just won one against some professionals, um, the clubs are clean. The balls are in the bag. The tees are ready to go. The clothes are laid out. Because you're allowing yourself to almost, once again, you're setting yourself up for success instead of the other way around. Yep. Yep. I mean, I have the balls marked the night before. I know exactly what I'm wearing the next day. I'm not waking up and saying, oh, I feel like wearing that. I feel like wearing that. No, I already got it set out. You know, it's um, it's creating a somewhat of a, um, I don't know, more of, more of a book for yourself. You know, you're within the pages, you're within the, well, you're within the binds. So you know exactly what you're going to be doing in the morning. You know, your routine, you create, you create this routine for yourself that you just follow, you know, week in and week out, it may change, you know, depending on where you're at. Um, for a while, I mean, I, I follow a pretty strict diet. So some places will, you know, be able to make me that breakfast that I like some places won't. So being able to adapt in that sense is very important. But, you know, creating a routine for yourself is very, very important. See, folks, that's the power of podcast because that's where I was going to go next. So he just led me there perfectly. You know, ultimately, I've lost 60 pounds in the last two years. Um, and there's a lot of sacrifice. And, and it kind of where I want to focus for the next couple of minutes is there's a lot of sacrifice. You know, a lot of people your age are uh, doing what they do, uh, cutting loose. And Lord knows I did. Uh, not that you don't have any fun. But, you know, you have a bigger vision for where you're trying to go. And there's a lot of sacrifices, a lot of work that goes in, a lot of time on the course, a lot of alone time. You know, what, what is, how important is it 
you know, what you eat and your health wise and working out and stuff like that? Well, I mean, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, about two Thanksgivings ago, I weighed 240. Okay. And, uh, I went on keto and I worked out six days a week, got up at 6 a.m. before school and I went and did uh, uh, cycling classes. I did the whole thing and I lost 70 pounds. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I, was, uh, I was a big boy. So, um, I mean, my game has elevated since then by so much. Uh, diet and exercise is such an important, such an important part of golf or life or anything. I mean, you know, losing weight just makes me feel like a better person. You know, I feel like there's so many more opportunities, not even in golf, just in life. You know, I look better. I feel better. I get up in the morning. I like what I see in the mirror. You know, it's, it's just a much better image but in golf i mean having that having that diet is so important because you know if you're eating the junk food like mcdonald's and you know you say hey i'm gonna go get breakfast for it around what are you gonna have you're not gonna go to mcdonald's if you go to mcdonald's you know you're gonna eat hash browns you're gonna eat you know mcmuffin whatever it is that you eat and you're just gonna feel sluggish you know having having the right amount of protein having the right amount of carbs you know complex carbs just knowing that when your body needs to have that energy, it has it. Because whenever I was 240, I was having a lot of trouble finishing uh, tournaments. You know, 72 whole tournaments, you're walking, you know, you get on a hilly course, I was, I was beat by the last day. Um, mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't have a chance, even if I was in contention, to even win that last day, being that big. Um, it was just, it was very difficult to be able to really have the energy and have the stamina. So now eating what I eat, I mean, I eat a lot of lean meats and I eat, I, I try to cut as many carbs as I can. Um, I just, I feel a lot better on that last hole or that last hole, that last day. I feel like it's the first hole of the first round. So um, it's, it's, it's huge. Um, so ultimately to get back to when you weighed 240, what were the choices that you were making that got you there? You know, it was just, it was eating. Uh, it was just my patterns. I would, I would snack. I would, I wouldn't really look at the diet. I wouldn't think about what I'm eating. I would just eat and it would just be junk food and I wasn't working out. Uh, you know, I was just, I you mean, were resting. Were you resting on your talent? Yes. hundred percent. You know, I, I, I still practice and I still played a bunch of golf, but I was not where I am today. Um, you know, for golf, you try not to get injured. Your back is the thing that gets injured most often in golf. So me working out and creating a stronger core, stronger back muscles, I'm going to have a lot more of a chance going forward uh, being as I am. What And what flipped the switch for you? You know, I just, I just was getting tired of huffing and puffing. I was getting tired of being big. I was getting tired of people kind of looking at me and saying, hey, I need to, sh you know, shave a few pounds. I, I got tired of it myself. I just, you know, I, look, I got on the weight or on the scale and I was like, wow, I didn't even know I got this big. Um, it's just, it, you come to that self-realization. My grandfather actually said something to me two Thanksgivings ago. He said, hey, you need to stop eating at some point. And I was like, all right. And so I went home and that Monday after Thanksgiving, I started keto and I lost 20 pounds in my first month. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it took a lot of sacrifice. I went through the keto flu. And I uh, just felt awful, but being able to push through those little barriers or big barriers, whatever the barrier is for you and being able to kind of keep it going is the key. That yeah, was my mom. 
she, she, I, I was like cycling like 120 miles a week and I was at home for Christmas and she was like, yeah, but you're still heavy. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. And that kind of like cut deep, but it, it like kicked me, start, it, kicked, it kicked it going, you know? And ultimately what's interesting about losing weight is, is that, um, you know, there's thresholds of like weight or whatever that are like mentally that we think that that's where we're going to be. Like, I just always thought like, I'm going to big guy and I'm just going to be 187, but you get around people that are super healthy. You're like, dude, you can be like once you can be like 168. And I'm like 168. I'm going to be like a fucking, I'm going to be a machine. And, but like, then you start seeing it. Right. But ultimately for anybody that's out there, like, what would you be your advice to 240 trip? Like, what would you tell them? Let's say, hey, let's get on a diet. Let's exercise. Uh, you know, I, I wish I would have never. I mean, I'm glad and not happy at the same time that I got to that weight. Uh, I learned a lot about my perseverance and what it took to get back to where I am now um, by getting that big. But I just say, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's just help ourselves out. It's only going to help you. And um, it, it's definitely helped me in so many different ways. And what's interesting is, is that like, I think I don't have to like spout out the numbers. Like anybody that knows anything about sports know how many golfers don't make it. But ultimately, if you're going to, if you're going to surround yourself with uh, Brooks Kepka, like dude who's a shit brick house, you know, he's fucking working out seven days a week. You know, the, the path of even belonging there, right? As my mentor would say, you have to earn the right, like earning the right of like understanding that you're investing in yourself and the sacrifices needed to, to get there, you know, is not, it's not easy, but ultimately what I tell my coaching clients is when you find, when the, when you, when you get the feeling that you're looking for, meaning the feeling of losing weight and feeling great, that's what you hold on to. And, and, and you just keep on pushing forward through that. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not fun not eating pizza and you know snacks and all that. But um, once once you look in the mirror and you feel like, hey man, I'm I'm where I want to be. You you just get that sense of almost just comfort. You're just so excited to be there. You're you're cool and confident walking down the street instead of you know buying a shirt that's one extra size just because you don't want to look fat. You know you you can finally wear that medium after being an XL. And so, um, it's, it, I mean, it's not fun to have to lose weight, but it's fun to get to that end point. And honestly, towards, towards the second third of it for me, I actually started having fun. The first, the first month, first two months was just difficult, you know, getting in the gym, puffing and puffing, getting tired all day, uh, just from working out. It was tough, but those, you know, you get into a routine and you start to love it. You love waking up that early. You love jumping jump ropes. You love getting on the bike. It just turns into it turns into a lifestyle for you. No, and I'll use it in my context from an alcoholic's point of view. And this is what everybody worries about. You're worried that that feeling, right, is ne you're never gonna like you're never gonna get away from it. Like you're never gonna get away from. I don't want to wake up early, but I promise you, everybody, if you stick with it. On the other side of that, that feeling will eventually flip. And when it flips, it's like, oh, I'm like Donkey Kong, dude. You're like raring to get up. Like, so I don't know if you know what 75 hard is. Do you, do you know what that is or not? I've been following you. Yep. 
So I decided I haven't told many people, but I decided I'm going to do it 365 days in a row because I thought to myself, like, what if, like, how much farther along would I be? Right. And so ultimately what I fell in love with is that in society, I think we've entered in a world of decision fatigue. I think you go to Starbucks and they've got six milks for you to decide. And the brain can only, you know, like I've made enough decisions today. I'm done. Like, but with 75 heart, there's no option, right? Like this is what I do every day. And so it sets me up on this like rocket ship in the morning. And I'm look, and, and what I'm trying to say is I'm different. It's not for everybody. But what I'm saying to you is if you cultivate a lifestyle of I'm going to do a 20 minute walk a day, like that's it, a 20 minute walk a day, I guarantee you, you're going to feel better. And I read 10 pages of a book a day, you're going to feel better, right? And so that's what people don't understand. They make it overly complicated. I'm doing 75 hard because I don't want to make any decisions anymore. (laughs) It's just made for me. This is what I do when I get up and then boom, I'm ready to start the day. Like I've already been on five calls today. It's like whatever because my day was started at, at, at 4 a.m. That's not for everybody. And so in golf, there's so much minutia. There's so many days. And, and, and what, something I want to dig into because it's the only thing I care about, which is mindset. Talk about the mental games that not only are you playing with your opponents out there, but you're also playing with yourself. Because I think it's really funny because a lot of people, especially on the golf course, with their reactions, will let them know when you have them beat before you even actually have them beat. Is that correct? 100%. I mean, the mental game is the most important thing in golf. Uh, it's almost like having a poker face. Um, you know, you can be uh, – I, I played in a match play tournament last year, Southern California match play, and uh, I remember I was in the championship round, and I, I was playing well, and – you know, you can just, like you said, you can tell when you got somebody beat, you know, you, you see their facial expressions, you see how they talk to themselves. Um, self-talk is huge. If you, as an opponent, if I'm listening to somebody talk to themselves and they're sitting there bashing on themselves, I know I have them beat. I just, I know then that if they're going to sit there and bring themselves down, I don't have to do anything else but play my game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even I, I've, uh, years ago, I mean, I'm still working on it, but I would get upset. I'd talk bad to myself. I'd say, hey, man, you suck. Why, why are you hitting that shot? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? It's just it's learning how to love yourself even whenever you mess up. Everybody's going to mess up. I mean, I'll sh- shoot. The tournament that I won two weeks ago, the one that you were talking about, the pros, uh, I was like three under through six, and I double seven. I just hit in one of the worst shots I've hit all tournament. You know, nothing I could do about it, but – Instead of getting angry, instead of talking bad to myself, I sit there and I'm like, all right, you know what? What made me do that? What did I do? It's being a little bit less reactive and more of judging what I did. Okay, my club face was open. It went right. Got to fix that. Next show, I'm not going to let it happen. So instead of me sitting there and saying, hey, you suck. I'm done. Oh, man, I'm going to lose now. Blah, 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 blah. You know, the, and the guys that you're playing with being like, oh, man, he's done. Got to beat. Easy. Now you sit there and you say, all right, let's get to work. You know, I just put myself in a little bit of hole, but got to go. And so I continued to make a few more birdies, ended up shooting, I think, four under from there on out and won the tournament. But um, it's just, it's learning how to, like I said, love yourself when you mess up. Everybody's going to mess up. And so 
I'll say, I'll be the one to say that it takes time and it takes, you know, plenty, plenty of learning opportunities to get to that point. But um, I think I've, you got to learn how to lose in golf. That's, that's really the biggest thing is golf. You're going to lose so much more than you're going to win. I mean, I can't tell you how many tournaments I've played in that I've come, you know, top 10, top five, top 20, whatever, whatever it is. And I feel like, oh man, just a few more shots. If I would have done that, that and that, I would have won. But you can't sit there and say, if I would have done that, that and that, because you didn't. And so it's just learning how to lose and being okay with it. I mean, obviously nobody likes losing, but learning how to, you know, kind of learn from that experience instead of just being, just saying, hey, I lost, I suck. Gosh, man, why did I lose? Why did I do that? Why did I mess up? No, you just got to say, hey, I learned a little bit more about myself. I learned what I don't want to do next tournament. I learned what works for me. I learned what doesn't work for me. Let's go from there. No, it's, there's a, there's a foundational book that I, it's right over my right shoulder that my coach got me to read. And, and it talks about your subconscious mind and, and the, the words you say to each other, what you say when you talk to yourself. I think it's one of the most important books I've ever read because, um, so there's this guy named Chad Wright. He's an ex Navy SEAL, hillbilly, crazy as shit, long red beard, runs like ultra, like 240 races, like 240 mile races. He was running this race where they saw how many miles they could run for like 48 hours straight. And he said he had a guy, and the guy started talking about what time they were going to get in the next group of miles. And he said, when he started talking about the time, I knew it was over. He said, so all I had to do was focus on one mile at a time, right? And I think the greatest golfers, the greatest sports people, business people focus on what's in front of them, meaning not worried about what's here. And it's like the same way with everybody asks me, like, how do you do so much? It's like, because what's in front of me is my coaching client's problem that we're fixing. And then once I'm done with that, then we move on to whatever else is next. But when you're in that moment, the full attention of the focus needs to be right here. And, and whether that's you're at the gym and you're not focused on other things, you're focused on that workout and then you're taking that time. And so it's so important if you're going to take it to another level, whether that be PGA tour or college or, or anything that there's a lot of guys out there. There's a lot of people in life in general that are very talented, but their attitudes and I was one of them for years that hold them back. And so if you give into that, then you're giving them your power. And when you give them their power, you're law, you're done. You're already done. Yep. I agree. I mean, you, I, like I said, it's a poker face. Uh, you gotta, you gotta create that face for yourself. You gotta create that image. I mean, uh, the way I learned, the way I learned how to do it was watching golf on TV. I watched the guys and they're walking down the fairway. They'll, make a bogey in one of the most dire situations, you know, where they need to make part of win the tournament, whatever it is, they walk off unfazed, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're hating themselves inside, but they're not going to let anybody see that. Uh, you know, once you give your opponent that, you know, sense of, Hey, I've got them beat. You, you did it to yourself. Um, so it's just like not putting yourself in the hole. And so just having more respect for yourself um, is definitely what I focus on. I don't want people to see me upset. I don't want people to see me distraught with myself. I want people to see me as, hey, this guy's calm, cool, and collected. He just messed up, but he's looking good. Yeah, and something I want to hit on at the end here, and 
you know, your, your father has always impressed me. You know, your father's probably one of the bigger lawyers in the country, a lot of big wins. He works on a lot of big cases and, you know, a lot of people might look at you and say like, Oh, he's had a lot of advantages, you know, golf, blah, blah, blah. Don't get me wrong. You're playing at really nice courses. You, you, you know, you have nice clubs, but he's not the type of person to just hand you shit. And he never has been. And, and I love that about him, but talk about, you know, how much, how important it is to have people in your life, like your, your mom and your dad who a hundred percent are behind you and support you, but also make you understand that, that you need to go out and work for it. Oh yeah. I mean, my parents are probably the two best people in my life. Um, especially from the standpoint of, you know, confidence and, um, just pushing me. Uh, my dad has always been a one, been the one to push me so hard. Uh, you know, I, I talked to him on the phone yesterday. Hey, you play golf today? Hey, you play golf today? Hey, you play golf today? So, I mean, he wants to know, doesn't matter if I'm going out and screwing around with a couple of buddies at the golf course or if I'm going out and playing and turning around. He wants to know, hey, how'd you play today? What'd you do wrong? Oh, how can you work on that? So just having them there, you know, I don't, I personally don't lack any confidence. I don't lack any, um, you know, any drive to go out to the golf course. And so, um, just having them as a backup is always nice. I don't want to call my parents a backup, but it's another reinforcement, another layer of reinforcement. And so my dad, I mean, whenever I was kind of teeter tottering between golf and baseball and he, he ended up. So whenever I was a kid, he let me play every sport I wanted. Didn't matter. I played basketball, football, soccer, golf, tennis, ping pong, whatever you want to play. And so I got to uh, middle school and I kind of was just, just on baseball and golf. And I got to high school. He said, Hey, what do you want to do? And so I chose golf and he said, you know what? You're not going to have to work throughout high school. You're not going to get a job. Your, your golf's going to be your job. You're going to go out. Promise me. You're going to go out after school every single day. You're going to practice from, you know, you get out of school at three o'clock. You're out there till dark. Just do that. And you don't have to work. I said, okay. Cause you know, at my age, he was out there digging holes uh, during the summer and, after school and trying to make some money that way. But, um, you know, just having them, my, my mom and dad, my mom's more of a uh, nurturing one, I'd say. So she'll, you know, sit there and talk to me if I'm having a bad day and she'll be like, yeah, I get it. Blah, 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 blah. My dad's more of, hey man, work through it. You know, he he's his favorite thing to say to me whenever I'm telling him, hey, I'm hitting it bad. He says, the answers are in the dirt. So, <laughs> I'll just be, it does not matter. He wants me to be out there all day, every day. And I love it. So, I mean, they, even after a bad tournament, they're like, Hey, you're going to quit or you're going to keep going. Mm -hmm. like, you know, the answer to that. I mean, don't even ask that. They're like, Hey, we ask you just to make sure. I'm like, you don't have to make sure they're like, good. And so they're just there to push me and they want, they want me to succeed just as bad as I want myself to succeed. Um, so, I mean, they're excited whenever I accomplish anything and they get down whenever I do bad. And, you know, we all, it's, it's, it's keeping my circle very tight. They are, we are the three people in my circle, I think, that really work on the golf game and really, really take time to focus on that part of my life. You know, my dad over the years has sat there and watched me hit ball after ball after ball after ball. Just, you know, he was, he was my coach growing up and he was the guy that I go to whenever I had any problems and even to this day, he knows my tendencies. And so I'll give him a call and say, Hey, dude, it's not working right now. He'd be like, okay, what's up? 
And so, you know, we have a really good relationship. And so having him and my mom there to help me along this journey has been great. Yeah. And ultimately what's interesting is like, what I've noticed is if you're, if you're well balanced in the push of who you are and your mindset's in the right place, you know, like, look, we all know that your dream is to go play on the PGA tour, but regardless if that's five years or 40 years, you play these skills. And that's why I've wanted to bring you on the podcast. Everything that you're saying can be relatable in life, more in business and all around. And so that's what people don't understand is the, the, especially in this society, we seek comfort and there's nothing guys. If, you know, I like golf, but if you've, if you've watched Jordan Spieth hit off the 12th on Augusta into the water, like three times, there's nothing, look, you know, everybody will rail on him, but that takes fortitude to hit another golf shot. So it's one of those sports where the mental, it's not a team. You can't hide. That's it, baby. It's you and the caddy. And I respect that mental fortitude so much. And and I think it, it's a lesson that we can take in all walks of life to not run away from the, you know, not run away from the discomfort to lean into it. And, and as your dad says, the answers are in the dirt. The answers are in the work. And, you know, everybody sees my before and after pictures and they're like, how'd you do it? And I'm like, I fucking worked. Like, (laughs) I don't know what else to tell you. We want to program with results. Yeah. The results there, I went to fucking work. (laughs) That's the, that's the part that many people don't see. I mean, whenever you're an athlete or whenever you're trying to make a big transformation, you're not, you know, me personally, I'm not going to be the one posting saying, Hey, I'm working out today. Hey, I'm working out today. Hey, I'm in the gym. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. No, you're, you're getting your work done. You're, you know, you go through a lot of time by yourself. You go through a lot of, you know, ups and downs, you know, in the gym, you can have ups and downs. You can feel great one day and be like, Oh man, I lift the shit out of this today. And one day you wake up and you're like, oh man, I just don't really feel it today. And you have to go in there. You got to get it done. But a lot of people from the outside in don't really see the work that you put in and see what's going on. I mean, it's just, it's just like that. You kind of you close yourself off, you get to work and you make changes. And, you know, if you're making changes for other people, then you're not doing it for the right reasons. Like that's what my dad tells me, you know, what are you playing golf for? You playing it for the fame and the money and TV? Are you playing it for yourself? I'm playing it for myself. I want to win. What are you making your changes for? You're making it because you want to feel better. You want to, you know, you want to quit drinking. You want to eat a good diet. You want to work out. You want to wake up early. You want to get shit done. You're doing it for yourself. So you got to do it for the right reasons. Yeah. And I think ultimately there's two things I take away from that is I call it grinding in the shadows, but more importantly, there's nobody to hold my fucking hand when it was 2 a.m. and I was it was 40 degrees outside and I'm running five miles on a football field at you know in 40 degree weather singing Imagine Dragons at the top of my lungs because my fucking mind is so mush from business failures or whatever. And ultimately, everybody, even my coaching clients, I can't sit there. I have coaching clients in Canada. I can't sit there and hold their hand, but I can hold I can hold a mirror up to their face and I can say, "Is this good enough?" Right. And so ultimately, if you want to go, my favorite quote in the entire world now is my new one, is Jim Rohn says, uh, if you knew where I was headed, you know why I'm up so early. 
I like that. It's like having that vision, right? If I want to create jobs and I want to, and I want to give houses away and I want to do charity events, like, you know, the aspect of that is not somebody that sits on a couch and watch Netflix, which is nothing wrong with that, but that's what I want. So I'm okay to tap into that. But all I'm asking you to do is when this hits you or you listen to this a year from now or three years from now, understand what you want. Like, and, and if you're real with yourself on that, then understand the work that's necessary to get to where you want to go. And ultimately what I'm doing is I took this from Ed Milet. Like I'm chasing, I am in fucking hot pursuit of the next best version of myself. And so it's 1% every day to get better. And, and the, the key difference in what you said a minute ago is winners decide to do shit when they don't want to. And that's what separates winners from losers because there's a lot of fucking days. I do not want to go out in 30 degree weather and get up out of bed. That's comfortable. You know, like that doesn't do anything for me, but once I'm out there and the foot hits the pavement, I feel great. And sometimes, you know, you, you have to, what you said earlier, you have to have a little fun with it and you have to like distance yourself from the, the minutia and, like the other day, I didn't want to listen to a fucking book. So I listened to music and it was just like changing it up, you know, and, and, and I'm sure you have to do that in your time. So if people want to find out and follow your journey and all that stuff, how do they do that? Well, I mean, they, you know, you just, I'm at University of Houston, so you can look up University of Houston men's golf and they can see exactly how we're doing it. And uh, you can, they can follow our page. They can follow me on Instagram. Um, Remember the name. Remember yeah. the name. That's yeah. all I'm saying, boys and girls. Trust me. I, uh, I'll be there. I'll be there. So, you know, you heard it here first. I'll be there for sure. Dude, I remember, you know what? A story just popped in my head. A story just popped in my head that I totally forgot. Seven years, eight years ago, I waited on Jordan Spieth's coach from UT at Perlow's in Austin. And I was a huge Jordan Spieth fan. This was like after a year of him in the PGA Tour, and he had already won like a couple big events. And I asked him, and I said, why did you know Jordan was going to make it? And he said to me, because, or why did Jordan go pro or something like that? And he said, because Jordan said, I was 18 or 7 or 18 or whatever he was, and I knew that I could be professionals. And he said, what was the point of waiting? Because it wasn't about the money to me. It was about the competition. And he said, when I knew it was about the competition and him just proving himself on the highest stage, I knew that he was going to go do it. And that always stuck with me. It, it like stuck with me because I'm not out here to create $500 million companies because I want to like go live in like, of course I want to live in Italy. That's happening. But what I'm saying is, but I also want to give back most of it. And so, because that's my focus, I have no problem, but to show up. And I know that that, yeah, do you want nice things? Do you want to travel? Of course, but I know deep down inside the burning sensation of competition is really what you're after. Yep. I mean, it's not, it's not the money. It's not the fame. It's not the trophies. It's just having the sense of mind that, hey. I'm, you know what it is? You know what it is? I bet, I, I, we haven't talked about this, but I guarantee fucking to you, this is a thought that's crossed your mind because I was at your house when I was thinking about, this just popped in my head. For you to be on the fucking course, because I know you've spent a million afternoons on a Sunday with your dad in his recliner, 
and a drink in his hand, him watching the TV is for him to watch you. Yep. Yep. I want him to be able to sit there and watch me on TV and text me or call me after the round and say, Hey, great job, dude. Like you saw every shot of it. Yep. I remember I've been there on Sundays with him and I, I know that's a thought that's popped in your head. Well, dude, thank you so much for this. I think the, uh, the, the audience got a huge, uh, huge, so much value out of this. And I just want to thank you so much, my man. Thank you for having me. That was a lot of fun. All right, guys, if y'all got value from this, make sure you send it to all your friends and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.